now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every week for the last six years here on CFAX 1070. Although this isn't my day job, I actually do sell real estate. I help people with their real estate needs, and I have since 1991. I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people with all their needs, whether it's first-time home buying or purchasing an investment property or downsizing or estates, foreclosures as well, too. All of that fun stuff. It's been my pleasure helping people all this time. Uh, I have also been ranked as one of the top producing REMAX agents in Western Canada. My pleasure to be operating here out of my hometown of Victoria, British Columbia. Would be happy to help you as well, too. So if you've got any questions, you want to talk about maybe a move in the near future uh, or just start seeking some direction on what to do or how to move. That's a big one that comes up every once in a while. If you haven't, if you haven't moved for 20 or 30 years, what's the first step? Well, we can help you out there. So can the rest of the whole home show team members. And you can find their contact information and mine by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Or you can always just reach out to me as you often do. Just Google me, find my name. The Prime Real Estate Team is my team, primeteam.ca. Look up Tony Joe and you'll find me. Actually, you're going to find a country western fellow by the name of Tony Joe White. He seems to be the guy that pops up in front of me, but obviously that's not me. Uh, if you're a podcast listener too, by the way, you can download all 300 of our episodes by visiting iTunes or Google uh, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found, whether that be in your car, which by the way, you can do nowadays. It's so funny. I have it in my Tesla, uh, not listening to myself, but listening to pod. There's tons of great other podcasts out there, but you can listen at your leisure. There's tons of great content as we've had for the past six years, maybe things that at the time were not important to you, but they might be relevant at this exact moment. So you can search, you can have a look. It's all there. Uh, today, we're having a statistical conversation. We always like having the chief economist of the British Columbia Real Estate Association here on our program. It's Brendan Ogmanson. Uh, he will be joining us to talk about what's going on, what happened. You know, I'm going to have, I'm going to quiz him on interest rates, how interest rates affect prices, what's going to happen. And, you know, there's this whole crystal ball thing. I'm going to ask him about what his crystal ball is and what the future holds, because don't we all want that? Wouldn't that be great? Uh, he always gives great answers, great information. So I'm very much looking forward to having a chat with him. We always start our programs off, by the way, by having a conversation about things that have popped up or items that you, our listeners, have asked about recently. Uh, because we're talking about data today, one of the things that has come up a fair amount, I've noticed it, by the way, on chat groups online and a number of other places too, is when the markets start shifting, 
as it has, folks, the market is no longer crazy the way it was before. And there is always a lag in this assessed value thing. We always bring this up every year, by the way. It's been our uh, tradition to have a conversation about assessment values in the first week of January. So I think I better get on organizing that for 2024. What we're seeing is advertising uh, listed below assessed value. What does that mean? Had a conversation with a client just a little while ago as well too who was basically saying um, they don't believe in paying assessed value for properties uh, what is the relevance of assessed value well we're going to go through that like i said usually the first week of january it's just data the assessment information comes from the real estate boards by the way uh, the municipality doesn't Co correlate that information it all comes from the real estate industry whenever somebody buys or sells real estate that information is recorded and that's uh we the real estate industry give access to british columbia assessment authority there's a licensing that exists between the two bcf bcaa does not collect that information on their own no way that's not their job they get the information from somewhere and they get that from us um but the question arises, how is a property's value actually determined? And, you know, there's that old saying, a property is worth what somebody will pay for it. A property is worth what somebody will pay for it. Uh, I go the next step and I say, property is worth what somebody will pay for it combined with what the seller will sell it for because don't forget there's two parties involved here just because a buyer says i'm willing to pay a million dollars for your 1.5 million dollar house that does not obligate a seller to sell their property you see the seller still gotta agree i think something that we might find out in conversation with brendan as we go through the day here is the fact that yes We've got higher inventory right now. Yes, interest rates are high. Yes, buyers are uh, not quite as excited about buying things right now. Uh, I believe a lot of people are waiting for prices to come down. And the thought is that sellers will start uh, fire sailing properties and selling at a discount. Let's not forget that one of the options a seller has is not to sell just because on their mark they're on the market doesn't mean they are committing to sell at any price that is not the case at all uh we know that we've dealt with a lot of sellers you know and maybe you have uttered these words before in past if i can't get x amount of dollars or if i can't sell for what i need i'm not gonna sell and I can think of so many clients that uh, said those words to me and fast forward five or 10 years later where they call me up and say, now is the time to sell. And by the way, I've doubled the value of my house price. Oh man, it's just such an interesting thing what this real estate uh, realm gives us. And we've been lucky because generally speaking, properties appreciate in value. Not all the time, though. I've been reminding, especially realtors in our business, properties do not go up in value all the time. I remember there are spans of time. There was a good seven or eight year span of time in the 1990s. Remember, guys, I've been at this for a while now. I was there, right? There was a span of time where properties didn't go up in value or they went up very little to the point where, you know, somebody bought a house for $300,000, sold a house seven years later for $300,000. And sometimes they need to bring a check to the lawyer just for closing costs. And that was normal. That was usual. Maybe not that bad because at least when they're making mortgage payments, their principal is going down. So they're actually building equity. Uh, but even still, 
the presumption or assumption that prices go up five, 10% every year, uh, not true. You know, your house remains your, you know, as often your high, your biggest investment, um, but it is a place where you live. It's a place to hang your hat, as they say. You need a place to live. And uh, it just happens to be a vehicle for uh, building equity but it's not necessarily a bank machine. And, you know, we say that because a lot of people have used the equity they've built up to be able to take money out to, you know, borrow against the house by means of line of credit or whatever uh, to do other things like go traveling, go, uh, hey, if that's your plan, that's all great. But what it does mean, though, is you still owe money on the house. It is common for people to be um, paying mortgage payments, not just for the 25 years, but we have seen extensions in amortization uh, um, times and all that with the increasing interest rates recently uh, as well too. So again, we're going to have a conversation about assessment values a little bit later, but I just wanted to say how we determine values, prices of properties. Uh, again, as I said, what a buyer is willing to pay combined with what a seller is willing to sell it for. And the data that we use is the data from the real estate board here, the Victoria Real Estate Board. And we have a look at recently sold similar houses in the immediate neighborhood. And that's how we derive value because that tells us what somebody is willing to pay. Actually, more specifically, especially nowadays, not every house is selling. Some houses are on the market. They come off the market. That usually is an indicator of how much people are not willing to pay. So that sort of gives us the upper end of the uh, scale. You know, how much is too much? Lots of great data. And by the way, if you want to have this conversation, reach out to me, reach out to your agent, anyone in our real estate community, they will tell you all about this as well too. And uh, we, just need, we just need to take our first break of the day here. We're going to have a great conversation with Brendan Ogmanson. He is the chief economist of the British Columbia Real Estate Association and always a welcome guest here on The Whole Home Show. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. It's always good getting statistics, data, information about the real estate market. People are always curious about what's going on. Of course, they all hope that there is a crystal ball. We can read the future. Uh, of course, we were not able to read the future when the market shifted uh, recently or when things went crazy just during COVID. That was a very, very interesting time. But a question often occurs, as I mentioned uh, before our break, where the data comes from. You know, if you're ever wondering how these reports come out about what property sold for or how many days, days on market, things like that, these aren't figures that are cooked up. This is data that the real estate boards provide and when properties are listed or sold your real estate board and community your realtor posts information that is crucial because it's not only important for analysis you know to figure out what your house is worth that information also goes to places like the british columbia assessment authority you know you ever wondering how your assessment value comes up comes from the real estate board right uh, also your bank sends an appraisal where does the appraiser get the data comes from the real estate board a lot of value in the real estate board now there are nine real estate boards in british columbia victoria 
you know, where you're listening to us, or if you're up in Vancouver Island, or if you're listening on Bell Media across the country, for that matter. Um, Victoria, Vancouver Island are two of the real estate boards, uh, and all those boards collectively are part of the British Columbia Real Estate Association. It's always good for us to have on our program here the chief economist of BCREA, the BC Real Estate Association. That, of course, is Brendan Ogmanson. Always enjoy having him on the program. Brendan, thanks for joining us again today. Great to be here. Thanks. Um, so I've got a whole bunch of questions for you. And of course, I'm always thinking from the part of a consumer. Uh, I, I, the listeners, you should all know, I did not prepare this with Brendan. I know that he knows his stuff, which is very handy. Um, I don't know what you're going to ask. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, here we are. We're near the end of the year. It's not quite, you know, the end of uh, 2023. As we're recording this right now, we're getting close to December. So uh, let's have a little sort of recap of what's happened in 2023 in the province, provincially in B.C. Yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting year. Uh, the start of the year, we yeah, we were still dealing with the the impacts of the Bank of Canada raising rates in 2022. That caused sales all across BC, you know, in Victoria, to fall. You know, by by the first quarter of 2023, we, we were probably down about 30 percent below what would be normal. Um, and then the Bank of Canada said, "Well, we're, we're we think that we're done in January," and 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 paused. Uh, turned out they weren't. Uh, but after they paused, really sale, uh, sales surprisingly recovered. I mean, if you recall kind of the May, June period, I think it was sales were back to, it felt like a surge in sales, but they were really just back to like normal for those months, like long-term average levels of sales. Then the Bank of Canada really didn't like what they were seeing, uh, both in the housing market and the April CPI data uh, that had come out. They started raising rates. Oh, so again. CPI. That's uh, consumer. Yeah, sorry, that, that's that's how we measure inflation, the consumer price index. Consumer price index. Yeah, okay. Um, didn't like what they were seeing uh, with inflation, I should say. Uh, I'll try not to use any jargon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and raise rates again in June and July. Uh, and then we saw sales, you know, up to now fall off again by about twenty or twenty five basis points. Or twenty, 20 or twenty five percent. Oh, and, so and, by, and yeah. By the way, just just to clarify, when you said earlier, uh, sales down thirty percent. So uh, listeners, please know we're talking transactionally the number of sales. We're not talking prices because that's a whole other prices story. are a completely different story uh so that was why it was sales sales are going to finish in victoria probably their worst level since 2012 or 2013 like just around 6,000 sales so so really weak year for for like unit sales prices uh are really resilient so you know um in in victoria prices sort of started the year pretty weak at some point, the average price, you know, for most of this year is up above a million dollars again. I think in, in uh, October, it was kind of back below a million, but average prices are pretty volatile based on kind of what's selling. But even if you look at HPI prices, which tries to smooth that's out. The, that's the home price index. Home right? price index, yeah, which tries to smooth out, uh, you know, changes in the distribution of sales. So if a lot of expensive homes are selling, it'll skew the average price upward. Uh, the, the the home price index that the MLS produces for Victoria has shown pretty much flat pricing for most of this year. So it is a really weird situation where sales have been quite weak, but prices are either up slightly or, or flat, kind of depending on, on what measure that you're looking at. Okay, I want to get to that, uh, but we'll get to that maybe after the break here. Um, something that is 
commonly talked about, of course, is Bank of Canada, interest rates. Uh, you have just articulated how uh, the the interest rate announcements really do affect, I mean, people may, may uh, deny it, but it seems like the interest rate announcements do influence what happens out there in the marketplace. What we've seen is that the you know the the impact of those rate announcements is is almost instantaneous on the market. And we put out you know some you know we put up charts with our press releases every year. And the one that we had a couple of months ago, just showing you know basically as soon as the Bank of Canada started raising rates in 2022, sales really fell. They went on pause. Sales went back up. They started raising rates again. Sales fell again. So there's this idea that there's really long lags between monetary policy, so raising and lowering interest rates and the rest in the kind of the wider economy. But for the resale housing market, there's almost no lag. The The impact of those rate announcements is almost sort of instantaneous. So, it and, and again, something that happens a lot, we're bumping into it on the street, of course, is when consumers are trying to make the decision and they're saying, well, well you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of wait and see now. Uh, of course, which we didn't uh, we didn't see. You did mention a moment ago about uh, Victoria is going to end up with the lowest number of sales since about 2013. I want to remind listeners that you know from 2016 to about 2000 and uh, well even 2022, actually they were really strong years, right? 2018, 2019, not not so much. Right after the B20 stress test was introduced, but uh, 2019 was starting to actually, the second half of the year was recovering pretty strong. 2020 started pretty well, and then we know what happened after that. Uh, but yeah, other than those the sort of 18 months in there after, after 2018, sales have been very, very strong. Yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, back to that the, that question about the uh, the interest rates, uh, it, is, it, is, it is just amazing because on the on the flip side you know we see people delaying their plans or waiting or or whatever yet on the yet really it's not like sales go away i think some people have kind of have this thought that when interest rates are up it turns the tap off and it becomes a complete shift but we still like for instance last month we still ended up with 400 and something sales in victoria so obviously for 400 people the interest rates were not a factor Right. Sales never go to zero. And even during the worst parts of the pandemic, when barely anything was happening, we were still had we still had home sales occurring. So, yeah, there's always a level of home sales. It's just sort of why, why we like to kind of compare to what does an average sort of October or November look like? And then, yeah, what does this November, October look like? Oh, it looks pretty, pretty weak. It's a much sort of better way of kind of benchmarking. It's never going to be all the way on, all the way off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're having a conversation with Brendan Ogmanson. He is the uh, chief economist of the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Uh, I started this segment here talking about the data that we get and how important it is because it is all meaningful. And this is this is stuff. This is information that the banks use, that the government uses, that uh, the assessment authority uses, all that uh, kind of stuff. And maybe it gives us a little bit of foresight into what to expect in the future. I will be asking you this later, by the way, Brendan, you know, what, what we can expect in the future. So we want to know your crystal ball. Right? <laughs> uh, but listen, we need to take a, a quick break here. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. 
the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can find all six years and 300 episodes worth of The Whole Home Show by going to iTunes or Google. Download at your leisure. Always great content. Maybe stuff that wasn't important to you at the time, but maybe right now. The fun one that I like to do, especially in the context of today, you can always go back to conversations that I've had with the chief economist at BCREA just to compare between what was said and what was now. Because I got to tell you, if you do, you find that the data that is uh, given is is accurate, right? And it's it's uh, it's accountability. Brendan Ogmason, a chief uh, economist of BCREA, the British Columbia Real Estate Association, is our guest right now. Brendan, again, thanks again for uh, for joining us today. You bet. So um, something that I wanted to touch on because you brought it up uh, as we were chatting at the start is, of course, Bank of Canada, interest rates. That's one of the levers they have to adjust the uh, economy and things like that. You know, consumers, I think in general, have this belief that when interest rates go up, prices got to come down. And to some degree, actually, maybe a big degree, when the interest rates went down a couple of years back as a result of COVID, we had 2% interest rates or whatever, prices skyrocketed, right? So it's that sort of interest rates up or down, prices up or down. But in this particular case, rather strangely, we got interest rates that are up and we got prices that don't want to go down. So what's going on? Yeah, you think you think of the the housing market as kind of a system, right? If you when when interest rates go up, you know, usually sales start to fall, especially if, if fixed mortgage rates are going up and the stress test is at a very high level the way it is now. That means there's a lot of not fewer buyers going to be able to qualify even if they want to buy. So their demand doesn't go away. They just can't turn that demand into a sale because they can't, you know, they can't pass a, a mortgage qualifying. So it kind of restricts the amount of sales that that can happen. What really matters also for prices, though, is if there's you know, a lot of supply. So like you were saying, demand never goes to zero, sales never go to zero. Still some amount of, 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 uh, of sales activity happening. If those people that are out there, even in reduced numbers, are trying to find a home and there's not a whole lot of choice on the market, maybe you know, they're in their neighborhood where they would like to, to, uh, to, to live, there's... So there's two houses, and you know, in, in other times, maybe there'd be 15 houses for sale. So there's not a whole lot of choice, and therefore those sellers have a lot more kind of bargaining power. They're not going to reduce their, their price a lot um, 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 because there's just, you know, there's not a, a, there's not a lot of competing kind of uh, houses on the market. So if we're in a situation like we are now and, and where Victoria was at, you know, especially a year ago when we had almost no supply on the market, even a small amount of, of, of sales activity is going to either be sometimes put some upper pressure on prices the way it did this year uh, in the summer, or just kind of keep prices pretty flat. I, in fact, I think it was you that kind of brought me to the notion at some point a little while ago that when the sales, when the inventory level was low and the sales numbers were low, part of that has to do with the fact that there just wasn't a lot of stuff to sell. And if inventory was higher at the time, perhaps the sales numbers would have been up. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if the shelves are empty at the bakery, they're going to have a slow day in sales, right? Yeah. That would be sort of a situation where there's lots of demand, but there's just nothing to buy. And so there's a lot of pressure on prices because if there were, you know, if there were a lot more, 
um, uh, homes for sale, then, then sales will be higher. Right now, we're in a situation that's a little bit different uh, where we just have low activity overall. So sales activity is really low, but inventory is also really low. So it's what I kind of characterize as a bad equilibrium. So as a result, prices aren't really rising much. They're not falling much. But it's this really unsatisfying kind of market where there's just not a lot of stuff happening. What we really want is like abundance. We want lots of sales, lots of choice. And so we have really high sales and higher inventory. And that kind of keeps markets balanced, right? Yeah. So I think we talk about market balance is like the, the ratio of sales to active listings, right? The sales to active listings ratio. We want that to be around like 15 to 20%, yeah. right? It's there now, but at these very low levels. So we would like to be at that level at 15 to 20%, but at lots of activity, lots of inventory, so that there's a lot more, uh, a lot more choice and kind of keeping keeping prices balanced that way. Okay, so though I just jotted down, you use the term bad equilibrium. <laughs> sure. Wow. Okay. Never thought about it that way. Yeah, I mean, if you think like markets, you know, in generally we want, you know, markets are kind of in equilibrium and prices are growing at kind of a long-term historical rate. You know, say they're just keeping up with inflation, which would be nice. Like actually in actuality, prices in, in BC have been growing at like a 6% rate in over the last 40 years, which means that home prices double like every decade, which is not, not great. We would like to keep, you know, like to have things more sustainable. But say in that equilibrium where there's lots of lots of buyers, lots of sellers, prices are rising like two percent a year. That's where we would really like to be. We're there now, but in a really unsatisfying way. So say you have like a good version of that equilibrium and a bad version. We want to be in one with lots of activity. Instead, we're one with very low activity. The result for prices is kind of the same. Prices are just sort of flat. Um, but one is clearly better than the other for just overall levels of economic activity. So on the on the reverse though you know how the market was kind of during that COVID time when we had no inventory, we had multiple offers and bidding wars and all that, that is not a good equi equilibrium, right? No, and that, that is a situation we're not in really equilibrium, really, I mean, at all long-term equilibrium at all. We're at a point where there's so much more, many, uh, so much more demand than supply. So demand is through the roof. There's nothing to buy. At one point in Victoria, there were four, I think 400 active listings for the metro area, mm -hmm. which I think is close to 400,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, so in per capita terms, like the lowest, probably the, the, the worst supply situation uh, in Canada, I think at the time. I mean, Victoria is a big place. It should have more than 400 total sale, you know, homes for sale. Uh, yeah. but that's how bad the supply situation got. Everything was almost like just-in-time kind of inventory system, but for housing, where like anything that came on the market was just immediately being being bought up. Uh, that's not good either. That's not healthy. We don't want prices rising. This idea that that realtors really want like prices rising as fast as possible. That's not what realtors or the real estate industry wants at all. We want activity. We want what buyers, your clients, be able to have time to make decisions. We don't want a situation where prices are rising at twenty to thirty percent. That's not good for the overall housing market. Yeah, you know, and and thanks for bringing that up because that is a point that does come up every once in a while. Consumers think that the real estate industry is pushing for values to go up. I tell people all the time, I please, please give me an abundance of affordable uh, houses because I could triple my production. You know, I could sell a lot more uh, if there was affordable uh, inventory out there, right? And and your job would be a lot easier if you weren't, you know, in that in that situation, that market we were in during the pandemic. That means you're constantly telling your clients, oh, we lost out on another yeah. on another bid because, you know, there's 
so few homes to for to to, to purchase. There's like 10, 10 potential buyers for each one. That means nine really disappointed clients happening over and over and over again. Uh, I think the the unhappiest I ever saw, you know, the realtors that I talked to was during that time because uh, it was really frustrating and they were really busy at the same time, yeah. uh, but not necessarily with you know a lot of success all the time. No, well, that's the thing, because, you know, people people thought, oh, you guys are, you know, making nothing but money because the sales are up and everything. And they forget about the fact that when you are trying 10 or 15 times with one buyer, they keep on missing out. That's doing the same job 15 times, um, you know, without without success. And that, that was tiring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, BCREA. So uh, let's remind the listeners, um, uh, your job, of course, is compiling information from all of the real estate boards. Um, and of course, uh, you know, this is data that the newspapers look for, all, all of that, right? Yeah, a big part of our, our job is, is just reporting monthly on, on what happened across the, the province in all of our different, different, uh, different markets. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of other things as well, speaking engagements and, and original research and that kind of stuff. But yeah, the core, a lot of the core stuff that we do is really providing, you know, as up-to-date information as possible on the housing market to, to the media and to, to other stakeholders. Fantastic. Well, uh, I did say earlier, I'm going to hit you up with the crystal ball thing. Need to take our last break uh, of the day here. We're having a chat with Brendan Ogmanson. He is the ch chief economist of BCREA, the British Columbia Real Estate uh, Association. Uh, need to take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation with the chief economist of the British Columbia Real Estate Association, Brendan Ogmanson. Brendan, again, uh, thanks for joining us here once again today. Thank you. You know, you mentioned just before the break, of course, I mean, your, your realm, because you're the economist, is uh, putting the numbers together and everything. Uh, BCREA, the British Columbia Real Estate Association, does other things as well, too. Uh, government relations, of course, talking about, you know, protecting consumer needs. Uh, there is an education component as well. So we, are, actually, I said we because I am one of the instructors for BCREA, but uh, BCREA, of course, uh, does continuing education for all of the licensees in British Columbia, the professional development program, uh, and a number of other uh, things as well, too. So it's a, um, folks, by the way, if you're curious, you should visit the uh, website. It's bcrea.bc.ca bcrea.bc.ca uh, and something that I'm looking at right now a great page is the economics page you see Brendan's smiling face right here there are tons of monthly reports uh, lots of other details uh, out there from an economic standpoint uh, here in BC um, Brendan just out of curiosity because obviously you were chatting with the you know your opposite numbers across the country all because every other province has a uh, association as well too how is BC doing relative to the rest of the country Pretty similarly, I think, you know, uh, Alberta is the one market that is really um, a bit diverging from from national trends, like Ontario and, and BC look a lot alike. Alberta, I think because they, they're they they're a lot more affordable, especially, you know, when compared to BC and Ontario, we're starting to see like migration really go from BC to Alberta for a long time it was the other way where a lot of people from Alberta were coming to BC. Uh, now we're seeing that switch, especially for young people. It's a much more affordable market. I see a lot of investors go into Alberta as well. 
uh, because uh, you know you can get an apartment for a lot cheaper, and, and the regulations are a bit more landlord friendly in Alberta versus BC. So Alberta is doing a little bit better than uh, than the rest of the country in, in terms of their, their overall economy as well. Well, and of course, Alberta is one of these places. I mean, it was flat for five years. Over- or longer. I mean, really, since since the oil price crash, they had you know they really didn't see any. The prices were actually falling for many years, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. they're now only just sort of starting to come back. So, um, you know, that that's why it sort of remains so affordable is they didn't enjoy any of the rise in prices uh, that the rest of the, Canada saw. And as a result, it has ended up being, as you said, there's some investment uh, possibilities there because the cost of acquisition is so much lower and rents in markets like Calgary, uh, the return is pretty good, so much better than Vancouver, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Vancouver is very, obviously very expensive if you, if you're, you know, you buy an apartment in Vancouver for $800,000 and you're going to carry a mortgage at, at five or 6%, that's, that's a pretty high carrying cost. Rents are high. They're also kind of capped because we have quasi rent control, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, 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 you're probably going to get more capital appreciation as well in Alberta versus uh, versus Vancouver. Now, of course, we've had some recent uh, regulatory changes in BC regarding short-term vacation rentals and stuff. Uh, how do you see that affecting the marketplaces? It's really interesting. Um, I, I haven't seen in the data, like new listings, like you, you, you would expect that if you have a lot of people who rely on short-term rentals and like a high volume of them, lots of turnover um, of their units uh, for income, that they would maybe be listing those to sell. If they, they want to get rid of them, they can't generate the same kind of revenue. Listings haven't really spiked much. I think it's going to be really hard to see in the aggregate data. I've certainly heard anecdotal reports in Victoria uh, and in, uh, in Vancouver that investors are starting to look at getting out. Um, I think that the overall market can really can easily because supply is so low. The overall market can can easily absorb even a you know a significant maybe not you know a, say a ten to fifteen percent increase in new listings wouldn't really disrupt things very much uh, because we're we're kind of starved for inventory anyway. There's questions of like fairness. You know, should we you know for property rights should we you know be legislating what owners can do with their property, which is outside of my realm of expertise. <laughs> uh, but but the the uh, the overall market impact, I'm guessing, is go- not going to be that significant. Um, but it's certainly, you know, and then the Okanagan too. Again, it's like a question of fairness. Like some of these markets kind of rely on on that that uh, those those uh, VRBOs and Airbnbs uh, for for tourism, um, which is also really important. And you know, Vancouver doesn't really have the hotel capacity that it needs, and so that's why uh, a lot of uh, Airbnbs and VRBOs have have filled a need. Uh, so what does that do to our tourism? Same thing in Victoria, obviously a huge tourism market. So there's some obvious uh, consequences maybe, but I think we'll we'll have to see what the what the overall impact is over the next six months or so. Well, because I've seen stats anecdotally, the estimate in Victoria is 1,600 uh, uh, vacation rental units. As you said, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, it's true. Like to introduce, reintroduce all those into the marketplace, presuming some will be maintained as long-term rentals because that's another mm-hmm. option for owners, right? Um, but yeah, but at like a one percent vacancy rate in Victoria, and probably tons of students and other young people that are in housing right now that they would you know, they prefer to have uh, maybe their own unit, maybe their rent a room. There's so much like what we call latent demand that even if you had a lot of those those units on the market, they'd get snapped up really quickly. You wouldn't have much of an impact on the overall vacancy rate. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, 
I uh, had uh, I had mentioned I've mentioned a couple of times now, and uh, I alluded to this question, which we're gonna. I know you get hit up with this all the time. Um, what's the future hold? What are we looking like in BC, perhaps in Victoria here uh, coming up? What does it look like? So unsurprisingly, it's really all about interest rates. So interest rates have kind of dictated the last couple of years. Same thing's going to be true in 2024. Um, fortunately, we're starting to see five-year fixed rates maybe coming down. So uh, the way things generally work is that fixed mortgage rates fall in anticipation of the Bank of Canada uh, lowering rates. So because, you know, expectations and everything else, we're starting to see five-year bond yields, which drive five-year fixed rates down to you know, their lowest levels in a few months. That should mean that five-year fixed rates fall. And then the Bank of Canada, we expect, is going to be lowering rates, you know, either in the first or second quarter of 2024. So as rates come down, we're not saying they're going to lower them that aggressively, but they will start coming down. As rates come down, I think sales will start to recover. So I think we're looking at in the next six months, probably sales activity looks a lot like it does now, pretty, pretty slow. Uh, and then by the end of 2024, I think sales will be picking up and probably a little bit above, above average by, say, the fourth quarter of 2024. That's sort of our baseline is that that those you know rates coming down really start to drive sales back to something that looks a, bit, a little bit more normal. On the pricing side, I think uh, price growth is going to be pretty minimal over the next year. Just sales, you know, obviously sales are a little bit weaker. Uh, inventory picking up slightly, keeping markets kind of balanced. That usually equates to sort of one to two percent price growth. The risk, I think, is to the upside on prices, uh, simply because uh, again, the inventory situation's not great, and any surge in sales tends to put a lot of upward pressure on prices pretty quickly. So we, you know, our baseline is for you know one to two percent growth in prices, but uh, I think we could uh, we could see more than that if sales are a lot stronger than we currently expect. You see, I was having a conversation with a buyer uh, earlier today. I first chatted with them two years ago. It was oh, wow. in May, May of 2021. And of course, as they've been quiet because they just, you know, at the time people were like, oh my goodness, the market was crazy, yada, yada, yada. So it's interesting because uh, the opening to his email was, it's a buyer's market now looking like things are softening. Because I think, you know, consumers are kind of hoping that they're going to see price drops of, you know, 10 Right. Sure. Um, but I mean, you're, as you've just said, the indicators show otherwise. It's very rare to get large price, downward price adjustments. Prices are very sticky downwards, home prices, uh, not, not so much. So it's very asymmetric. Prices go up a lot. Very rarely do they go down a lot. Uh, we did see prices correct 10 or 15% in Victoria from where they peaked. So over a short horizon, if you're just looking at from the peak, in Victoria versus where they bottomed out. That was about 10 to 15%. And we got a bunch of it back. So we've probably had any price correction that we were going to have due to rates has already happened. And now we're on, yeah. we're, we're kind of into a, a mode where, where rates are going to start coming down, sales are going to start picking up, and therefore much more likely to see prices rising than, than falling. All right. I, this might sound like a commercial, but I think, you know, what information that I just uh, received from you. Chief Economist of the British Columbia Real Estate Association, Brendan Ogmason, is for those of you listening right now who are thinking about making a move or buying, it sounds to me like a good time to buy because there's inventory out there. There's people that have been on their properties. They remain unsold. There's opportunities. And, you know, if you're concerned about buying now and the market falling out, I, I feel like there's less of a concern than you might think. Right, Brendan? 
I think so. I think so. Again, all, everything depends on rates over the next year, but it seems much more likely than, than not that rates are coming down in 2024. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, well, you heard it from the chief economist of uh, BCRA, the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Before we let you go, Brandon, I want to bring up a couple of things. And again, uh, for our listeners here, please visit bcrea.bc.ca. Um, there's a couple of other tools that the association uses. Uh, can you give us a quick uh, um, uh, briefing on the Nowcast, the BCRA Nowcast? Nowcast is something that we developed about a decade ago, really to track how the economy is performing in BC. We don't get data on economic growth for provinces except once, basically once a year with a, a really long lag. So if, you, if you're really interested in how the BC economy is performing, go to our Nowcast, you know, with beautiful charts. It's usually pretty accurate. Uh, I think last year we were we were pretty close to what, where GDP growth, which is how we measure economic growth, uh, finished. This year we're tracking about 1.5% growth, so slower year as anyone kind of expected. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you're kind of a data nerd and you're into you know you want you really want to know how the BC economy is performing, uh, you know check out our Nowcast. It's uh, it's usually pretty interesting. Fantastic. Now the other thing too is the Housing Monitor dashboard, which is also there. Yeah, and that's also also for data nerds. That is basically every piece of data that we that we um, track for every market in BC, every board kind of or region in BC. So if you're interested in how sales are performing in the island versus the north versus the lower mainland, we have that. We have listings, we have mortgage rates, we have all kinds of data that kind of summarize all the aspects of the housing market. And there are now casts in there too. So, folks, you know, the important thing to know is this data is not secret. It's not held just for the real estate industry. This is data that BCRA puts out there. It's available for you to, you know, go ahead, go visit bcra.bc.ca. Uh, and again, as a reminder, the, the importance here is your, your realtor, the real estate community actually uh, contributes a lot to the market information that goes out there. And this is stuff goes all the way up to the highest levels of government that need this data to make determinations and budgets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so pat on the back to the real estate community, because it is us, it is we who uh, 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 creates all this data. And this isn't brand new, by the way, folks. I mean, you can look back. We've got data dating all the way back to 1990. And that's what we use to compare. I mean, I was there since 1991. So I remember, right? Um, but it's all there, right, Brendan? Yeah, actually going back to 1980. Oh, my God. Okay, I haven't gone that far. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, thanks for joining us again. It's Brendan Ogmason. He is the Chief Economist at the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Always a pleasure having you on. I always appreciate, too, when I reach out to you, you say, let's do it. So uh, this is great and fantastic for our listeners to know. Thanks for joining us, Brendan. My pleasure. And for our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week. See you then.